Welcome to Education Matters, presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm your host, Marianne Wolf. Starting with the graduating class of 2024, North Carolina public school students are now required to take an economics and personal finance course to develop financial literacy as a graduation requirement. This curriculum equips students with financial knowledge and skills to navigate their financial futures. One area included in this requirement is planning and paying for post-secondary education, which has the potential to help students understand the free application for federal student aid or FAFSA, which serves as a gateway to accessing federal, state, and institutional financial aid for post-secondary opportunities. FAFSA empowers students and families to make informed decisions, comprehend the expenses linked to education, and develop effective strategies for managing their financial futures through their academic journey. Here to talk about these very important topics are Jessica Schwinke, the Deputy Director of My Future NC, Kathy Hastings-McDonald, the Associate Director for Outreach at the North Carolina State Education Assistance Authority, Leslie Walden, the Vice President of Public Affairs for Fidelity Investments, and Dr. Patrick Green, Principal of Green Central High School and the 2022 Wells Fargo North Carolina Principal of the Year. Welcome to all of you. You all bring so much expertise, but also on the ground realities of why this matters. And so we'd love to hear from each of you about why this newly required financial literacy course can benefit our students, their choices they make, and also their futures. And Patrick, let's start with you as the principal who has students in your school enrolled in this course right now. It's important to understand the return on investment that they're going to make. Um, for any kind of post-secondary education or certification. Um, you know, so much of what we do in schools right now is try to prepare kids for whatever career choice they want um, after high school. So we start that in elementary and middle schools all the way back now, going to, to, to career interest surveys and all that stuff. So now the, the financial literacy course actually allows us to say, okay, well, we, we know what you want to do. This is the type of lifestyle you live. This is where you, you need to, to make that investment for education or training. Um, how do we help link you to that so that you know you're getting the most for the money you're gonna have to invest in that for the, the type of life you're gonna lead? I think it's important for kids because they're nervous about the amount of money that they spend. Um, and rightfully so, college is expensive. Um, so we wanna make sure that the, the money and the time they're putting into that are, are well suited for what they want. Kathy, I wonder if you could share a little bit about this. I love the fact that students are finally gonna get support in thinking through what for many of them is the biggest uh, decision that will have the lifelong consequences, which is what, what kind of career do they want? And then what is the education they need to earn that career? Obviously, FAFSA is the tool that unlocks financial aid to earn that education that leads to that career. But really, the starting point is, what's that future? And then you can talk through what are the steps to get there. And Leslie, I know you bring a really interesting perspective to this work as well. Can you share a little bit more? Absolutely. So Fidelity is uh, among the retirement planning leaders in the country. So we have a lot of rich data about how retirement savers are uh, thinking about their, their wealth, thinking about their planning. And we know that the decisions that young people make at a very young age can either propel them to what Dr. Green is trying to prepare them for, or it could get in their way. And the biggest barrier can be student debt. We know from our retirement plan savers 
that half of them aren't saving for a home because they're paying down student debt. Two thirds aren't planning for children because they're paying down their student debt. And then it's saving for retirement for their future. Forget about it. They're not doing it because they just have so much student debt. So as Kathy was mentioning, you know, we're getting really behind uh, trying to get more students aware of filling out the FAFSA form because that federal student aid can help them avoid mounds and mounds of student debt. When we think about the state's educational attainment goal that 2 million North Carolinians by 2030 will hold an advanced degree or credential, if we don't begin the education process for students to begin thinking about their careers, to be thinking about their choices, then North Carolina as a whole will not be prepared uh, with the workforce that we need. So we have to make sure that students understand what choices are available to them. We have to illuminate this for them and their families. And so the financial literacy course really does allow all students the opportunity to compare and make informed decisions. And Leslie, I know this is an area of passion for you, um, just how important it is that our students are well equipped, but also that they are completing their FAFSAs. And I know you're not alone on this, uh, this particular panel today. I wonder if you can share a little bit about what you all are doing at Fidelity, especially in North Carolina, um, to support this. First of all, we have a, a cadre of Fidelity Cares employees who volunteer their time in the community on behalf of financial literacy efforts. Um, they help educators with their professional development. They go into classrooms. And we are now in the process of training some of them up to help students and families with whatever their FAFSA challenges may be in filling out the form and getting them on the path. Secondly, we just launched a national scholarship program called Invest My Education. And we're thrilled that we're piloting it here in North Carolina first. We're going to have 100 Fidelity Scholars uh, this year and more to come. And the unique piece of this and why I mentioned it in the context of financial literacy is it's not just funding for their education. Yes, that's the basics, but it's also financial education so that they can manage any earnings they have while they're in college, manage their uh, personal finances so that they complete college. And they will also get mentorship from Fidelity Associates, those volunteers I mentioned, to keep them on college completion tracks, to help them explore new careers and new opportunities so that when they get through with that either two-year, four-year, or certification program, they're going to be debt-free, financially literate, and they'll have a path. Patrick, I'm curious, you all started offering this financial literacy course. Um, are you starting to see some of the impacts? Are they starting to talk about some of the things that Leslie and Kathy and Jessica have already referenced? The way we are approaching the course is through a lot of simulation activities. So it gives the chance to for the students to kind of walk through um, di different pieces of the financial literacy course, but they get a, an understanding of how far money does and does not go. Um, and so that lets them see kind of in a consequence-free environment what, what 
is going to matter for them and what life is going to be like. And you see the worry and the stress on their face when they go through these simulations. They're like, yeah, I've been there in real life. I know exactly what you're feeling right now. So it's good that they're having that um, kind of as a practice run right now um, and can talk through, okay, well, how do we avoid that? Like, how do we plan better? Let, let's work through this. Um, you know, we, we get a lot of flack about some of the things we teach kids in high school that it doesn't really matter for real life. So it's good to see a course that is absolutely practical for real life. So we're happy to be able to offer that to kids. Wonderful. And Kathy, I know you look at this kind of broadly and help pull lots of pieces and tools together for students and families. And I'm just curious if you can talk a little bit about, you know, how these new requirements can help and what other resources are available for families that are really exploring this. I think one of the great starting points as you start to think about how to pay for college is to look at the overall landscape. FAFSA is one of the most important steps, but it's not the only one. And there's places to look for funds above and beyond. So part of what I like the idea of, of framing this within a financial literacy course is to look at decisions like in-state versus out-of-state tuition, for example. Huge savings there, huge, huge savings that does not get enough attention. North Carolina, like every other state, is committed to investing in the talent of its own students, which is why you get a discount for in-state tuition. We also, in many of our high schools, have the opportunity for students to earn college credit while they're still in high school. Again, a great deal. So a lot of times we don't think about this larger context in terms of how to pay for college that can begin to bring it within reach for many families. Um, and then you can complete a FAFSA and start to look at what beyond um, within financial aid, which FAFSA gives you access to at the federal, state, and college level. So one form, you get access to all three, but then you can also look at things like grants and scholarships locally at the institution, but also within your community that can help you shore up any gap between the total cost of going to college and what your financial aid and your family funds can cover. Thanks so much. After the break, we'll continue this conversation on financial literacy and the FAFSA. Welcome back. We're pleased to continue this conversation with our guests, Jessica Swanky from My Future NC, Kathy Hastings McDonald from the North Carolina State Education Assistance Authority, Leslie Walden from Fidelity Investments, and Dr. Patrick Green from Green Central High School and the 2022 Wells Fargo North Carolina Principal of the Year. Jessica, I've really appreciated the last couple of years, my future and sees big efforts around FAFSA completion. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about how we're doing, what FAFSA completion looks like, um, and what it means for students. Well, I am very happy to share, um, but I will tell you that on this panel today, Kathy Hastings McDonald is a resident expert on all things, um, and it's been our pleasure to actually welcome Kathy to North Carolina and, and learn from her. Um, the one most important thing that I would share, and then I'd like to kick it to Kathy to give us a little more of the statistical piece, is that when we think about FAFSA being an important first door and first, first step, that 88% of students who complete the FAFSA go on to enroll in college versus 49% of their peers who do not. So we think about college enrollment, and again, back to you know, the state's uh, ambitious goal here to get as many individuals with an advanced degree or credential um, as possible, 
this gateway is very, very important. So I'd like to kick it to Kathy to let her talk a little bit more about the statistics and also maybe the tool that we have accessible through NCSEAA to help districts like uh, Patrick and his school uh, think about like, how are they doing? Yeah, yeah, great question. We are currently at 49%. So of high school seniors in the state, 49% of them have completed a FAFSA uh, in order to prepare for college in the fall. Typically by the end of September, that gets up to about 60% as students are firming up their plans and begin to see how important that is. One of the great tools that's on the cfnc.org website is a tool that actually my future NC started and championed, and um, we took it over this year, which is the North Carolina FAFSA tracker that allows not only educators like Patrick, but education stakeholders throughout the state to see how their schools and their districts are doing in terms of FAFSA completion relative to last year. So are they up? Are they um, you know, maybe trailing a little bit. The good news is the pandemic really created a lot of different challenges, as we know, but the state is up 5.8% over last year. So we've turned the corner, you know, where it was a difficult year where a lot of students were having to evaluate, do I continue going to college, especially if I'm still doing that from home? Whereas now I think more and more students are starting to realize that this really is the right step in order to prepare for the jobs that are coming. So the tracker is a great tool for education stakeholders to kind of keep that pulse going and, and um, also determine which schools might need some more help in terms of meeting with students. We also have a second tool that uh, the access is a little bit more restricted because it offers student level FAFSA completion, but it's a tool called Finish the FAFSA, and that allows school counselors to see which specific students might need a little more help. And that's where partners like Fidelity are such great partners to provide the folks that can sit down and meet with students and help them walk through the process step by step. I wonder if you could share a little more about if a family is listening to this and wants to know, how do I access support. It may be through you, but you may know of some others or maybe others on the panel do as well. Well, I'll just, I'll just say that I share um, that procrastination, that frustration with other families. I have a rising freshman going to college and our FAFSA has not been filled out yet. And here I am on this program. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a common, common challenge. And, and that's why we're trying to figure out what we can do to be helpful. And so we're taking some of the financial expertise that you know, our associates use when they work with our customers every day and trying to share that with the community. And it's these organizations that are really mobilizing to provide the tools and the expertise. We're going to plug into workshops at schools, um, any online opportunities. Um, but I think Kathy and, and Jessica probably have the resources online to find um, where families can get the most help. On the CFNC website, there is a pay section um, right up front. And when you click on that, it not only talks about, again, that whole finish, um, how to pay for college, but it also offers specific tools around completing a FAFSA. So we have rec a, a, a um, recording, for instance, that literally walks 
<clears throat> students and parents step by step through the form. So that way, if they want to have it on their computer right next to where they're actually completing the FAFSA, they can get that um, direct guidance um, through the form. But there are additional resources on there. So if folks haven't gone to the CFNC website yet, I strongly encourage them to do so. One of the things that's really, um, I find really useful under the FAFSA section is there's a, a map that shows you which colleges or uh, technical schools or four-year universities are closest to you. So if you need to actually speak to a financial aid person, you don't necessarily have to go to the institution you're planning to attend. You can go to the one closest to you um, and say, I'm stuck. <laughs> I'm not sure how to answer this. And they're, they're there to help you. It is so important to hear about the partnerships like Fidelity, and others that are happening in communities because oftentimes, and uh, Patrick, you may attest to this, it feels like FAFSA completion and this conversation really rest in the K-12 space, that it really is such a bigger conversation for communities. And the more we can engage our communities and the more people become invested in becoming that trusted adult that can help make sure the shepherd, the family and the student through this process, we know that's what makes a difference here. And so it is not just resting on the shoulders of our wonderful K-12 um, administrators and, and staff who do such a great job, but it's really a bigger call to make sure that our communities are embracing this idea that we do want every student who graduates to exercise the choice of being able to choose to be enrolled, enlisted, or employed. And that is that is what I think rallying around this, this topic can be in each individual community. What gives you hope and what gets you excited um, in terms of real progress in this area? I guess what gives me hope is um, the, the work that has been done in K-12 sector, but just as um, you were talking about a second ago, the, the impact of communities. Um, when our, our school personnel and our counselors spend that time with students and with families, it starts to grow a social capital in, in school communities. And that it just increases the, uh, the awareness and the number of people that can help somebody through that. We've seen time and time again, as one sibling goes through, the parents train for the next. Or as a cousin goes through, a family member knows how to do it and they become another resource. And we just are tickled to see linking up of people helping kids get to where they wanna get um, and joining in on helping kids meet that goal. Um, in places that are rural and low income, like Greene County where I work, um, those things are essential to getting more and more kids to where they want to be. So that does give me hope every year as we see more and more resources available to our kids. Wonderful, Patrick, thank you. Leslie? I work for a big company. We're everywhere in this nation. And I can tell you that North Carolina really stands out uh, for focusing and investing in education. And we're among, uh, you know, not all states have a financial literacy, a personal finance and economics course, semester long graduation requirement from high school. Not all states have it, we do. And so that's what gives me hope is that our leaders have chosen to make North Carolina an education state. We're, we have a course. We're uh, looking to uh, support funding for professional development for the educators to deliver that course confidently. And uh, that's what gives me hope about empowering students and arming them with the knowledge that they need to make great decisions for their futures. 
the new FAFSA. We have a new FAFSA that's coming this fall. It's years in the making. Many of us around the country have been advocating for an easier FAFSA to fill out because it is a complicated form and it's finally here. So the exciting part is because there's things in it like transferring information over from your IRS tax return into your FAFSA, that's going to reduce errors. That's going to reduce the amount of time that students have to go in and correct their errors or get flagged for verification and, and some of those additional steps that can really be a burden. And so the, the other good news related to that is more students are expected to qualify for Pell Grants with the new form. So I think there's a lot of great news here to celebrate and through our partnerships with all of the organizations that are on this call and beyond in our communities, more students are going to access the financial aid that they qualify for, which is exciting. I would just echo, it is about partnerships and it's about incredible resources. And the more we can drive awareness for our students and our families across the state, uh, the better position they will be. And we like to say, when you shine a light on something, it's going to grow. And as long as we continue to shine lights on this topic of financial aid and opportunities for students, then we believe that this is an opportunity for growth for our, for our great state. We are so excited to be partnering with the State Educational Assistance Authority and our friends at Gear Up and wonderful sponsors like Fidelity Investments and the John and Belk Endowment to offer the, the Financial Aid Statewide Summit. Um, this is bringing um, educators together from across North Carolina to raise awareness about the new changes to the FAFSA, to really expose the opportunities for all the resources that North Carolina has to offer to support the, the teams back in the districts that will, be, uh, that will be working directly with students. So we are incredibly excited to offer this. I will say wonderful uh, supports have been provided across the state in the summer in the past. This is the first time that those have all been collapsed. You know, collapsed into a statewide um, effort. So we are very excited to host this in, in June and we hope that this becomes an annual event for our educators across North Carolina. Wonderful. Um, well, thank you so much for being here. And after the break, this week's final word. Starting with the class of 2024, students in North Carolina must successfully complete an economics and personal finance course for graduation. This course includes budgeting, saving, investing, and managing debt. These foundational financial literacy skills can help students develop the ability to make informed financial decisions and maintain control of their future financial well-being. One area included in this requirement is planning and paying for post-secondary education, which has the potential to help students understand the Free Application for Federal Student Aid, or FAFSA. FAFSA serves as a gateway to accessing federal, state, and institutional financial aid for post-secondary opportunities. While the FAFSA can be complex to complete, this course and organizations such as My Future NC, Fidelity, and CFNC offer online resources and events, including the upcoming Financial Aid Summit for students working to complete the FAFSA. Combined financial literacy programs and continually improving access to the FAFSA can be great assets to young people in North Carolina. Beyond just helping students get to college, completing the FAFSA with a strong financial literacy foundation can oftentimes help students stay in college and complete their degree by reducing the financial barriers that students face. This leads to improved job prospects, higher earning potential, and increased economic mobility. 
By creating and promoting programs that foster the financial well-being of its students, North Carolina benefits from a more educated workforce, which contributes to economic growth, attracts businesses, and promotes innovation in the state. Thank you for taking time with us to learn and think about education. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week.